The Strange Tales of Virgil Kaylock. The Beast of Dolby Hall. Chapter 2 I was pulled from my sleep one morning by a hullabaloo coming from the lower reaches of the house. I scrambled to get dressed and see what the commotion meant, and rushing downstairs, I found the kitchen in turmoil. Oh, oh that poor thing and on her own doorstep is too much, it's too Be quiet, much. Mrs. Briars! Carter! Carter! All right, Mrs. Bryas, we'll get it all cleared up. These things happen. Try not to get hysterical. Mr. Carter will get rid of it. The kitchen door was open, and there upon the stone step, as if it had been left as a gruesome gift, was the bloody remains of the dog. It had been eviscerated. Blood was splattered upon the door and frame and pooled on the ground. The chain that had secured him in his kennel hung dripping from the door handle. The poor animal's head had been separated from its body, and as if it had been delicately positioned, it sat on its bloody neck on the back step, looking in. The room grew quiet, and we stood stock still, staring at the butchered animal. The black and the red. My God! What happened? Ghastly business. Mr. Carter! Will you dispose of this mess as soon as you are able? For goodness sake, don't leave it for Elsa to see. Yes, sir. Wash it down as soon as you can. Let's get this back to normal. I don't want Elsa anywhere near this. Uh, Mrs. Bryars, go and find her and stop her coming down. Keep her in her room. Yes, sir. What? What happened? Oh, oh, oh no! Damn! Damn it all! Please leave, Elsa. You don't have to see this. Oh, no, 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 Elsa! Leave! Get away from it! There's nothing to be done. Carter! Leave it till Elsa has left the room, for God's sake. Yes, sir. No, 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 no. Elsa, it's done with. Nothing we can do about it now. You must... Look, it's, it's a dreadful occurrence, but, you know, it's just a dog. Don't touch me. Get off me. Leave me alone. Mrs. Bryars, will you take Elsa away? She is ill. Come away, Mrs. Elwood. The gentleman will sort it out. Let's get out of the way. Come with me, Mrs. Elwood. Not not this. It's happening again, the poor thing. Come on now, madam. Let's get you back upstairs. Carter, don't stand and stare. Get on with it. Sir. What happened? I should think that was obvious. The dog has died on our doorstep. Yes, but what would do that? There's a pack of wild dogs on the moor. This isn't the first time. Welcome to our pastoral idyll, Mr. Kaylock. Dogs? What should we do? And what would you do? Well, I mean, we must do something else. We'll ride out as soon as we can. Can you shoot? No, not at all. Well, I'll not give you a gun then. But you may as well come with me. Uh, Put on some warm clothes. We'll ride out straight away. You might as well see the estate. Yes, of course. Carter, saddle the horses. See to this ghastliness afterwards. The damage is done. She's seen it now. Yes, sir. Quickly! At the stables in ten minutes, Mr. Kaylock. Yes. Yes, right away. Within a short time, we were saddled and riding out, Rufus clutching a shotgun. The moor was vast and cold, 
I had no bearings at all. It seemed to me to be a monstrous expanse. Damn dogs. We'll find them. Yes, I hope so. You're having difficulty there? I'm not a practiced rider, sir. No, that's perfectly clear. Try to stay on top of the horse. I want no more accidents today. No, absolutely. Where should we look? Anywhere. Everywhere. The moor is immense. But if they're above ground, we should see them from miles off. Above ground? Yeah, there are old mine workings, abandoned buildings, the odd cave. Who knows what else? I am not familiar with this miserable land, Kaylock, and I don't want to be. I wish I'd never come here. Yes, I see. I would prefer to be back in Bristol, having something like a life. But I am cursed. I am in one of the seven regions of hell. Which one, I don't know, but hell it is. Welcome to hell. Stay close. After half an hour's ride, we took a course away from the path and picked our way across the desolate landscape. We'll try over there, beyond that bluff. Don't rush. I know about that horse going over. Come on. We rode on to the top of a hill. A cliff dropped suddenly to one side, and we could see for miles. There was a savage beauty to the moor, melancholy and lonely. There was no horizon at all. The grey of the ground and sky were an indistinguishable melee. Hawthorne Crag. Highest point on the moor. Careful, that's a treacherous drop. If you go over, that's it. I will stay well back. Thank you. We sat for some time, staring across the expanse of moor with the wind clutching at our clothes. We could see and hear only sheep. Nothing else moved. I had the feeling that Rufus Elwood was not expecting to see anything else at all. Is this land all yours? That's what they tell me. Mr. Elwood, I have been thinking. If you're not satisfied with country life, why do you not return to Bristol? Because I can't. But why? I told you. Family. I understood you to be the only remaining... Yes, I am. Duty to the dead. We are all prisoners to the past. And if Elsa won't reproduce, that's it for the Elwoods and Dolby Hall. (laughs) You are shocked? No. No. You suppose me to be cruel? You worry for Elsa? No, not at all. She is upset. She is sick, Kellogg. Damaged. After the incident, Bristol was the worst place for her. She needs stability. Boring, relentless stability. Recuperation. She is a strange creature. I had no idea, of course, when I married her. She was... Beautiful, sensitive, charming, shy, all that. What I didn't realize is that she is also an hysteric. You shouldn't believe her. What incident? Believe what? We might as well return. No dogs today. He turned, and I followed him back to Dolby Hall. The house was silent again on our return. All traces of blood had been scrubbed away and in the place of the chain, a bunch of dried flowers hung from the handle of the kitchen door. Life appeared to have returned to whatever was considered normal at Dolby Hall. I shall miss him. It's a shock. He was a daft thing, but I'll miss him. It was company. <laughs> Sounds silly, but it was. To be honest, it can be horribly quiet. 
Isn't that right, Mr Carter? Of course, I could get a girl from Egton Bridge, but they're no good. They won't stay. It's a small household, but we'll pull together, I'm sure. You have myself and Mr Carter, at least, Mrs Bryars. He keeps himself to himself. You won't get much out of him. This is an excellent pie, Mrs Bryars. Well, it's a pie at any rate. Keep the chills out. Did you hear the dogs last night? I slept straight through. I didn't wake up. I suppose none of us did. I would have thought a scene like that would have woken up the house. Some more gravy with that pie, Mr Kerlock? Yes, thanks. I mean, dogs, any dogs, can make a fearful racket, can't they? Especially if they're attacking. Unless they drag bandits silently to the house after the killing, but why would they do that? I couldn't say, Mr Kerlock. They broke his chain. It's curious, don't you think? There was no sign of them on the moor when we rode out. Absolutely nothing at all. I must see to the washing, Mr Kerlock. Excuse me. Yes, yes, of course. Have you seen the wild dogs, Mr Carter? I mean to say it's happened before, by all accounts. Did you see them then? I've seen nothing. Nothing at all? I've seen nothing. Oh, I see. I'm off. Well, good night then. Uh, But Mr Carter, Elsa said that it had happened before. When was that? Some weeks ago. Five sheep on moor killed. Ripped apart. Vital organs missing. Good God. If only we could find those dogs. They must be destroyed. Where do you think they could be? We won't find no wild dogs out on moor, Mr Kerlock. Well, I should say we will, and we'll destroy them. We won't. And why not? There are no dogs on moor, sir. What? Look here, something must have killed Bandit and the sheep. Oh, I, Mr Kerlock. Well done. The penny drops. The days dragged by, one after another. I had little contact with my hosts. Rufus spent much of his time away from the house, presumably in town, and I saw almost nothing at all of Mrs. Elwood. I imagined her sitting quietly alone all day somewhere on the upper floors. I would see her occasionally pass down a corridor and whisper a greeting, but no more. So I was taken by some surprise when she visited me one day at my little office. Mr. Kaylock? Mrs. Elwood, uh, how pleasant to see you. Uh, Please, come in. Thank you. I'm sorry, I only have the one chair, but do please sit down. Thank you, no, I'm sorry to disturb you. No, no, not at all. I'm delighted to be disturbed. Uh, How may I help you? Uh, To be honest, I'm grateful to be distracted from the work. I'm happy to see somebody at last. Uh, Please, do sit down. Uh, Let me move these. Mrs. Bryars seems to bless this house with her herbs. Even in here, I don't know why, they smell awful. Devil's hood. Sorry? The herbs, they're devil's hood. To protect you. She wants to protect all of us. Are you warm enough, Mr. Kaylock? I can ask Carter to bring more wood. Thank you. That would be most welcome. Thank you. And you are comfortable here? I am. Truly. I hope you will not be too bored with us, Mr. Kaylock. I am very grateful for your kindness, Mrs. Elwood, both you and Mr. Elwood, for taking me in. There is so little for a young man here at Dolby Hall, and you will find us very dull company, I suppose. You probably won't stay long. I am quite content with my circumstances, Mrs. Elwood, really. Rufus suggested that we might practice music together. I am hoping that you might consider it. We can play in the drawing room. We'll have a fire and tea and cake and... Well, 
music. I hope you'll say yes. Well, uh, I've never actually played with anyone else. Um, you may be disappointed in me, but, but yes, yes, I would be honoured. I would enjoy that. Thank you. Tomorrow, then? At two, in the drawing room? Yes. Perfect. I look forward to it. Goodbye, Mr. Kaylock. I was left surprised, shy and embarrassed. But I was also jubilant. I could barely disguise my excitement. As soon as I was able, I rushed to my room to practice, hoping that I might prove to be at least a competent musician for Elsa the following day. Mr. Kaylock, I apologise. No, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. You're a talent, Mrs. Elwood. Elsa. Elsa. Really, I mean it. I am privileged to accompany you. Nonsense. We accompanied each other. You were very good. We'll have another try after some tea. Yes, good idea. I think I need some now. Milk? Sugar? Please. You know, I don't think I can go back to playing on my own again. I really am most impressed. Where did you learn to play? You must stop now, Virgil. I am competent. And you are very gifted. Well. It is quite an unusual instrument for a young man. Yes, I suppose it is. It was my mother's, actually. Oh, I see. She was quite good, apparently. Not professional or anything, just rather good. What else do you know about her? Not much, actually. I know she was a good, kind person, very religious, devout even. She would have been a wonderful mother, I'm certain. But there wasn't much mention of her when I was growing up. Father found it rather painful to talk about, so it wasn't... We don't talk about her. The cello is all I've got that was hers. It was in the house when I was small, so I picked it up. I'm so glad that you agreed to practice. As Rufus says, it is something to do. And it reminds me that we are still civilised. I don't think I've touched the piano since leaving Bristol. I'm surprised that I can still find the notes. We used to have concerts sometimes. Oh, really? Concerts and dances. It was a very happy time. Do you miss it? I should think you might miss all that liveliness. Mr Elwood explained about his family and responsibility and such. It must be quite a change, I should say. I mean, from the busy streets of Bristol to this quiet place. Yes. He hates it here. It is a life that does not suit him at all. And you? Does it suit you? Or will you return to Bristol, do you think? No, I don't think so. Perhaps for some portion of a year you could spend time there just for the change? It's really not possible. But why? No one's going back to Bristol. We must make do here. How is our concert shaping up? Or is it all tea and cake? I didn't see you there, Mr Elwood. Virgil plays beautifully. We'll soon have a repertoire. Excellent! You have both found something that you can do, at least. Can you lift, Kaylock? I'm sorry? I'm clearing firewood from the gatehouse to one of the barns. Carter is at it now, but we could use your help, unless manual labour is beneath your dignity. No, not at all. I would be happy to help. Good man. You may wish to change your clothes. The remainder of the day was spent pushing a wheelbarrow, clearing logs from a single-storey building a hundred yards from the house. A peculiar structure, a folly of some kind, quite out of keeping with the main building of castellated design with thick walls and a large oaken door. Wood for the winter. Quite a supply. Quite so. There. 
That's pretty clear, I'd say. Uh, it's a fine building. It's more ornate than you might expect. And the lock still works. A mighty door for a small building. Built generations ago. Uh, Gatehouse, storeroom, butch door. And what is it to be now? Carter, sweep it clean and wash it down. Sir. Thank you, Kaylock. I appreciate your help. Oh, it was a pleasure. A relief from desk work. And the music? Your wife is an accomplished player, Mr. Elwood. I'm honoured to... Yes, good. Should calm her down. I am to town, Kaylock. Business. Good work. Carter, fetch my horse. What am I to do first? Sweep or fetch? In a moment, Elwood's hands were at Mr. Carter's neck, pushing him back against the wall, throttling him. Carter flailed in an attempt to defend himself, but Elwood held on, his arms at full stretch. Perhaps I was not clear, Carter. You will fetch my horse, then you will swim, and you will also address me as Sir. Is that helpful? Elwood released his grip. Carter caught his breath and stared back in shock. Is that clearer now, Carter? Yes, sir. Good. Well done. And then he left. As if nothing had happened, he turned on his heels, and without looking back, he walked nonchalantly towards the house. Carter raised his fists at the retreating figure, his face a contortion of anger and fear. Monster. Devil. I know you. Then he spat on the ground and pushed off towards the stables, rubbing his neck. I stood immobile, stunned. I looked up at Dolby Hall, forlorn against the sky. It seemed to me to be drowning in melancholy. Not even ivy trailed at its sides. And there, at a window on the top floor, a shadow, looking down, the silhouette of Elsa Elwood. I stood without breathing, my eyes fixed on her dark form. And then, after a few moments, the silhouette retreated into the gloom. The kitchen is the heart of the house, Mrs. Bryce. A credit to you. Thank you, Mr. Kerlock. That's kind. You keep a tight ship, too. Well, it needs mopping out once a day. The mud that Mr. Carter walks in on his boots. It's a blessed relief to have your permission to dawdle here, I must say. Oh, you're always welcome, sir. Nice to have the conversation. I get nothing out of Mr. Carter there. I said I get nothing out of you, Mr. Carter! Words are cheap. Not round here, they're not. They're in short supply. Move your feet. And would you not bring that gun in here? This is the kitchen. It's staying with me. Mrs. Bryce. Mr. Kaylock. Why did the Elwoods leave Bristol? Well, now, it wasn't my place to ask, but uh, I don't believe they were happy times, Mr. Kaylock. I understand they needed a change. Well, on the contrary, Mrs. Bryce, Elsa told me that they were very happy times. They had concerts and quite a sociable time, she said. Well, then you know more than I do, Mr. Kaylock. It's strange, isn't it, to leave the society and warmth of a town, a community, and disappear into the wilds like this? Well, I don't know. But what I do know is that Elsa is fragile, and the city was too much for her. 
She's delicate, and the events in Bristol were too much. What events? Oh, that's enough, Mr Kaylock. I've work to do. There's the hallway to mop. But really, what events? Don't walk on my wet floor. Mrs Briars, what events? Do you know Mr Carter? Know what? Why they upped sticks and left Bristol. What events? The murders. Murders? Better get moving. Hold on, Mr Carter. What murders? I don't know out. Ask Mrs Briars. I've got work to do. Mrs Briars? Mrs Briars? I'm sorry, Mrs Briars, but you will have to explain. The murders? Mr Carter said there were murders. The Bristol murders, Mr Kaylock. Surely you heard of them. Not at all. Well, you have now, so if you'll excuse me... I'm sorry, Mrs Briars, but you'll have to give me more than that. What happened? Please. Two years ago, three dead, a woman and two men, torn to pieces in Bristol. Really? How terrible. Yes, terrible, Mr Kaylock. Some monsters don't hide away on the moors. Some of them walk amongst us. And who did it? Well, I don't know. No one knows. The Beast of Bristol, whoever that is. No one was caught? No one. It was ghastly. Rumours were rife. It was said that it wasn't human. A demon or the devil. It was in all the papers. Blood and gore. Missing bits. Oh, I'm not talking about it anymore, Mr Kaylock. And that was... We mustn't talk about it, Mr Kaylock. But that was the reason Mr and Mrs Elwood left. To safety. She was frightened. Who wouldn't be? She couldn't stay, not after that. She saw him. Yes, she saw him. Clear as day, the beast himself setting about the body. Yes, her own housemaid killed in her own house. Oh, you can't imagine it. Good God. Changed her. Poor woman. She was ill for months. Still is. She couldn't speak for weeks. Wouldn't speak, not even to Mr Elwood. And when she did, she couldn't remember. She wouldn't say who'd done it. She couldn't describe him. She was in shock. I don't want to talk about it. I have work to be getting on with. And with that, she turned with mop and bucket and disappeared into the house. The more I knew of the Elwoods, the more they disturbed me and haunted my dreams. Something was amiss, sinister even. I believed that there was a piece of the puzzle that eluded me. And then, as the pieces gradually came together over the ensuing weeks, I wished that I had never found my way to Dolby Hall. Part 2 of The Beast of Dolby Hall, written by John Ram. Virgil Kaylock was played by Nicholas Bolton. Rufus Elwood, Sam Dale. Elsa Elwood, Emma Pallant. Mrs. Briars, Rachel Atkins. And young Kaylock, Daniel Fraser. The music was composed by Neil Brown. The Strange Tales of Virgil Kaylock are supported by the Arts Council Lottery Fund and produced by Martin Malone, Richard Varney, and John Ray. 
it is a Caleb.